Today on Reverse the Postdoc Regain, we are discussing the overcomplication of nutrition and how you might be making nutrition harder than it needs to be. This is especially common for the bariatric population because in clinic, I see that some people are really concerned with how much to eat, how much should I eat? I feel hungry. That's a bad thing, right? I don't know when I'm full. What time should I eat? How come I can eat more than that person even though we've had the same procedure and we're the same time post-op? I really don't understand why I can eat double the size that she can eat. These are comments that I hear in clinic very frequently. So if you have these yourself, you are not alone. I often find that we tend to be a comparison society, whether it's anything, I'm not just talking diet. So this episode would be really good for you if you have struggled with overcomplicating your nutrition and you really want to gain some level of peace and harmony and confidence in choosing foods to eat that fuel your body. You're not relying on external factors to really determine what you actually want to eat and how much your body needs for that particular day. Having said that, let's get started. Welcome to Reverse the Post-Op Regain podcast. I'm your host, Saraya Nikwan, a weight loss surgery dietitian, and I am excited that you're here today. This podcast is for anyone struggling with nutrition and weight years after bariatric surgery. You might be feeling confused, overwhelmed, and not quite sure what your body needs after that first year post-op. This is where I can help you. Join me every week where you'll leave supported and motivated to take the next step in your nutrition journey. Thank you for being here with me today. Now let's get started. Many people really struggle to focus on what they need to eat and how they need to eat after bariatric surgery. It all can get a little bit confusing and some people struggle and obsess over nutrient qualities and struggle when they realize that their weight hasn't changed for whatever reason since changing their diet or they've added in something different and they thought it would really be that kickstarter for reversing the weight regain. When we overthink around food and nutrients and nutrient quality and making sure you're getting it all in, it can be overwhelming and it detracts from the overall lifestyle and the mental clarity that you need just to function day to day. It does tend to also create an unhealthy relationship with food. So when we overthink our nutrition, it creates a complicated relationship with the food and sometimes it can turn into an unhealthy relationship where we obsess over every detail and it can lead to confusion and anxiety around what we should do, what we should eat, what we shouldn't drink, the timings of what we should eat and drink. It becomes quite all-encompassing and overwhelming, which will reduce the actual bigger picture of a well-rounded diet. Does that make sense? So you're actually detracting from a balanced, nutritious diet because you're obsessing over all the single nutrients that are going into your body. This in turn then also decreases the ability for you to have fun and to have flexibility and to have a social aspect to your diet because you are so rigid on those eating parameters and making sure you hit those nutrients. Now I can appreciate that getting 80 to 90 grams of protein per day can be quite challenging after the surgery. However, if you've been doing it for such a long time and you've got to such a level in terms of understanding nutrition, there should be a point where you can get that 80 to 90 gram target without even thinking. So it allows room in your diet for that flexibility and to allow foods into your diet that, you know, might be of a different nature, but they still provide nutrients 
and they still provide that social aspect. So for example, eating out. Someone is having food, you know, eating out in a restaurant. They don't really know what the nutrition quality is of that food, but they're with family or friends and they really want to enjoy their meal. Is it going to be an enjoyable social event if you spend a few days before obsessing over every detail on the menu online to the point where you really, you know, nitpicking through which one's got more fat and which one's got more carbs to reduce the risk of weight regain from this one particular meal? I think we're missing the point of eating socially. You're eating socially in an environment to enjoy the company of the people you're with. You're also enjoying different foods that would not be otherwise available to you. So have a look through that menu, through the lens of what do I really feel like eating, but also try to pick something that has the protein in it. And it's not, let's say, just pasta or with garlic bread. Like that's not going to be the best for your pouch, but you can look at it through the lens like, "Mm, okay, I feel like some pasta. So you look on the menu, you might see something with a meat sauce and yes, there'll be pasta with that. So you allow yourself to have half the plate, the meat, you know, sauce or portion of the pasta, and then you have some of the pasta. So you are essentially having something that's a bit different, something that's kind of off your quote unquote diet. And you are enjoying it because you're in a new environment and you're with friends that you really enjoy spending time with. Can you see how trying to pick something to fit your diet is a bit more enjoyable than nitpicking over every single detail. I hope you can see that because it is important to recognize that food is not just about nutrients. It's about pleasure, social connections, and cultural experiences. One way you can manage this is to practice mindful eating. Mindful eating helps us enjoy our food more, appreciate the moment, and it ultimately reduces the burden of overthinking. Now, the overthinking can be the part that really undermines your success. And I say this because sometimes when we overthink and we try to be too conscious of what we're doing, we actually lose track of the sight of the bigger picture. I see this a lot in clinic. So when you are focusing on each particular meal, you have a base diet that you tend to stick to. It works for your body. You get enough protein, all those nutrients, they're fine. But when it comes to eating out and eating socially, when you are being really mindful about what you're eating in that particular moment, you will enjoy your food more. You'll appreciate the moment and naturally you'll reduce that overthinking or that guilt or that blame that you might feel if you were really, really rigid with your eating. I hope that makes sense. It is a more sustainable approach to eating. In some ways, it will reduce the burden of thinking and weight regain in the long term because you are not so obsessed with each single food choice. As a consequence, you would then be less likely to feel the shame and guilt cycle and then lead yourself back into that diet mentality. So it basically will give you permission to enjoy that food in that social environment that you don't normally have and allow you to again get back onto your normal eating pattern without that guilt and shame driving that diet cycle or that binge restrict cycle, which you might have been familiar with in the past. Unfortunately, I do come across people that do get fixated and do get quite anxious over meals and days where they didn't eat quote unquote 
on plan or the best or they feel bad about what they've eaten. But I try to remind everyone, and this will be helpful for you too, that you do tend to have 21 main meals in a week. So having three or four off plan, that's not a problem because think of it in a helicopter sort of sense. You are hovering over your diet over those 21 meals, not including the snacks just yet. Depends on how many times you snack. But if only four of those meals out of the 21 are a little bit off balance, it shouldn't wreck the overall balance of the diet. I also want to take a bit of time to talk about the moral value of food. It is important to realize that there are no good or bad foods. Yeah, you might argue that if you stole the food, then that could technically be a bad food. But that was a bad act that had happened to get that stolen food. It's not necessarily a bad food per se. We need to remember that food is neutral. There is no moral value to food choices and even when you are struggling with weight regain or the desired weight loss isn't occurring, those feelings of guilt and failure and shame, they really don't need to be there and that negativity is really affecting your ability to move forward and create progress. So it is undermining your success. We should really remember that it is important to not attach guilt and shame with food And by placing a moral value on food, it can be harmful and perpetuate the negative cycle of the binge diet restrict cycle, which we know increases the risk of weight regain. Instead, we should focus on building a positive relationship with food and our bodies. And to do this, we can adopt balanced and sustainable eating habits and set realistic non-weight centric goals that will promote your overall well-being. I do have some episodes previously in the catalog that you might find helpful to help with the goal setting and setting non-weight related goals. To create a remedy or a solution to this topic today, what's important to try give yourself is self-compassion. Self-compassion is being gentle with yourself and trying to avoid being overly critical of your food choices because it doesn't really serve you. One person told me once upon a time that guilt is a one-way street And it doesn't serve either you or the other person, which is often you. It just leads you down to shame. So guilt is a sort of the feeling and then it can lead to shame, which is a behavior, I guess you could say. When someone is feeling ashamed, they tend to lead down that path of overeating or over drinking alcohol, or they might be emotional eating or numbing out with food. alcohol. So it is important to realize that self-compassion does have a huge role to play in reducing the overthinking and overcomplicating of nutrition. With your meals, try to focus on one meal at a time. Yes, you could plan the whole week and you could have the meal plan perfectly down to a T. However, life happens, especially if you've got lots of moving parts during the week. You have to try be flexible with the meals. Assuming you've done a meal plan for the week, those meal choices you have made are most likely going to be balanced. As I said, doing the helicopter view, if you're having one or two meals that are off kilter, you should be okay for the rest of the week. And to make this really, really simple, when we're discussing bariatric nutrition principles, think of the bariatric plate. On the bread and butter plate, you have half the plate protein-rich foods, whether it be beef, chicken, pork, veal, fish, two eggs, lentils, legumes, beans, or even protein powder for whatever reason. Then you have a serve of nutrients in terms of vegetables or fruit. So for breakfast, it might be some fruit with protein powder, some milk, and then some carb in terms of some oats in a smoothie. For lunch, it might be a leafy green salad with lots of veggies. 
And then your protein portion is a largest tin of tuna and it might be some oil on there for your fat. And carb-wise, you might have thrown in some four-bean mix. Dinner would be a piece of chicken with some steamed vegetables and maybe one chat potato. And you might have had some sort of sauce on top of the chicken that might have a bit of fat in there as well. So really simple meals and really trying to break it down into that protein source, vegetable or fruit nutrient sort of part of the plate. And then the really... And really less than a quarter of the size of the plate has a carbohydrate serve, whether that be legumes, potato, sweet potato, pumpkin, corn, bread, rice, pasta, noodles, whatever your heart desires that really fits into that carbohydrate section. As you can see here, those meals are all balanced. They will give you enough protein, they'll keep you satiated, and they'll give you enough energy to get through the three to four hours to the next meal. If you need help uncomplicating nutrition for yourself and really learning how to eat in a sustainable way after bariatric surgery, I do have my online course called Reverse the Post-Op Regain Online Course, which is a 12-month access online modules, which is self-paced. So the modules are really short. They're about no more than 15 minutes long. And I go through all the different aspects on weight regain and what are you meant to be eating after bariatric surgery. I break it down, I give you information about portion sizes, eating behaviors, and really make it easy for you to implement and understand what is food and how does it fit into my lifestyle after the surgery. If you think you might be interested, head to the link in the show notes of your podcast player to learn more. And please feel free to email me or contact me if you have any questions or concerns about whether the course is right for you. That's it for me this week. I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on Reverse the Post-Op Regain podcast. If you would like to learn more about what I do, head to at the Bariatric Collective on Instagram or Facebook or visit us online at www.thebariatriccollective.com.au and reach out if you need support reversing weight regain or anything related to bariatric surgery. I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'd love for you to take a moment to review the show if you found it helpful or share it with a few friends. I look forward to chatting with you next time.